When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Australia have won the women's Ashes test and have taken a 4-0 lead in the series. It took them less than a session today to take the five England wickets they needed. Ash Gardner took the second best innings figures in a women's test with 8 for 66, taking her tally for the match up to 12. I'm here alongside Ben Gardner to process this morning's events and what it means for the series. Ben, did this morning pan out about how you thought it would before the day's play? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. I don't think the game was lost this morning by any means. Uh, I, well, I, I didn't have that much confidence in them. I don't know if... If anyone did really, even with Wyatt there, who, you know, you maybe think if she can stick around and, you know, have one of her, her days out, which she, she has every so often. But I mean, we're going to talk about it a bit more, but Amy Jones' record is, is so poor. And when you look at the pack, the pitch was doing a little bit with how well Gardner was bowling. Uh, it was asking a lot of the, of the tail basically to score, you know, more than half the runs given how the, uh, how the proper bats had got on the night before. So yeah, the game wasn't lost this morning as much as, it will, it will have hurt England uh, in a way how they kind of subsided. I think they will look back at other parts of the test as being the key moments rather than this morning, I think. Mm, just, just on Amy Jones, she averages 14.14 in five test matches now with the bat. Um, it's not a great record. No, I mean, and it's particularly her record is bad against Australia. And I wonder if that will mean anything coming up to the rest of the of the series. Um, so in both white ball formats, so she's paid... I think about more than 20 games against Australia in across ODIs and T20. She's got a high score of 30 and averages less than 10 in both formats. So, okay, maybe she's correct. She'll correct it. She's a very talented player. Uh, she has done some good things in international cricket. But if you're looking over quite a big sample size there, you're almost going in with, with, with one fewer batter just because of how poor that record is. I mean, it's tricky because she, she is a really likable cricketer. She plays some really attractive shots. Some of the shots she plays, you kind of, you see why, you know, they stick with her for so long. Uh, and also she is a properly good keeper as well, as well as being, you know, having that high ceiling maybe with the bat. Um, and the other option, I guess, would be Lauren Winfield-Hill, who's in good form. Um, she uh, she got 100 in the warm-up playing against the Australia team. So she was captain England Day. She got 100 in that game. Uh, she's been just brilliant form across all domestic formats the last year or so. Uh, and after sort of, you know, she had a tough time at Fringland for a few years. She went away. Uh, she kind of refocused, but she, she what I think you, you interviewed her. She had to, to describe it as a breakdown that she had between um, being dropped in the World Cup and the start of that summer and has kind of taken on cricket with a new approach since then. And we haven't seen enough of her in international cricket since that kind of revival, I think, to decide one way or the other. Uh, she played, what, four games in the West Indies where pitches can be a bit weird, where she didn't disgrace herself by any means either, I think. Um, she just wasn't good enough to get into that World Cup side. I would be interested to see how she would go batting in this series, but equally the keeping aspect is a, is a big thing. And Amy Jones is a very is, is a quality keeper, but yeah, that was uh, she didn't have a great test with the bat, and she has a, a poor record against Australia overall. So that will be 
a decision for England to make, I think. Mm, she also dropped Alyssa Healy on naught yesterday, which in hindsight you could look back and go, that was a massive moment. Um, I think it's tough. I, I think it's tough with Jones. Um, she's clearly in that leadership group within the side. She was captaining them last summer. Um, so she's a massive experienced cricketer and it's difficult to to replace her in that side. You mentioned Danny Wyatt. She played really, really well this morning. She scored a maiden 50 on test debut um, and she was the last cricket to fall, giving Gardner that eight for um, Gardner, incidentally, is the only the only woman with better figures than Gardner in a women's Test match. Is Neetu David back in 1995 for India? Um, Alyssa Healy said in the press conference that it was like she'd seen Eccleston's effort yesterday and wanted to go one better. Um, I think it does come down somewhat though to uh, that fourth innings chase on a pitch that's breaking up a bit is a massively unfamiliar environment for these teams to be in. Um, and ultimately, Australia's experience as the side that wins everything does shine through in that kind of scenario. Um, and I think that's what we saw this morning. Yeah. And going back to last night, I mean, that felt a bit like England in the ashes. You know, you kind of you you, you build up all this hope. You kind of think, oh, maybe they just could. They just give themselves a bit of a chance. And then actually, you realize, oh, OK, there's a bit of a goal between this side. And, and it was also kind of Australia just doing what champion teams do, which is obviously what they are and that's just they, they take the game and grab hold of it when there's that kind of sniff of a chance and then they kind of don't let it go from that point um I mean they're basically unbeatable uh but it's not as if they're never in close games and part of it is just being able to raise themselves in those moments and I think when England look back they'll probably pick out like I mean Heather Knight did it in her press conference after play today she kind of picked out three passages or she picks out a couple of passages and I think there's also probably one other where they really had the chance to to grab the game and didn't. Obviously, that was last night, and that would be the one that I think most people focus on. Knight sort of did and didn't say that England were too aggressive in their approach. She, she sort of said that at one point, and she criticised herself for it as well. But then she also said it was actually more down to execution than to their approach. And obviously, they've made a bit of it. You know, I think earlier in the in the daily podcast, you described it as trevable, maybe. But I think they'll look at that and just think that you know, fifty stand uh, kind of like they were doing it easy, and then all of a sudden it kind of all falls apart, and that was a yeah, that 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 that'll be crushing. But I think also just the the spell on the third evening when you're up to parity, you think if they can get two wickets there, then um, then maybe that, that then they're right in the game. But in a way, although they did, but they bowled brilliantly, Nicholson bowled brilliantly. There was an amazing spell from Fire to sort of drag them back into it. By that point, they kind of already had too much. Like that collapse started when Australia were 178 for three, and England only made 178. So that kind of came too late in the in the test match. And I also kind of, I mean, I don't think England bowled that badly on the second morning, but equally at the end of day one, I think they were in a really good position actually looking back at how the whole test folded. And even if they wrap straight up for 380, say, then I think they would have been in a position to to dictate terms, actually. I mean, you you, you might be looking then at, you know, but building a really sizable lead as it was. They only kind of get up to parity and they're kind of always chasing the game from that point onwards. So there's, there definitely are positives for England. Um, but equally and it does come down to experience somewhat but that also these are experienced cricketers in this team you know even if they haven't played loads of test cricket some of them played you know a fair few tests at this point and they've just played so much cricket full stop that you know I think that that they will look back and be and be disappointed as the game as a whole I think Mm, I think it's a bigger shame for the neutral really because it kind of 
it doesn't ruin the series, but it makes it so much harder for it to be competitive. Australia could wrap up the series on next Wednesday in the second T20 international. Um, the last time we had a result in a women's ashes test was in Canterbury back in 2015. Um, so I guess if anything, it means we're not talking anymore about whether women's ashes test, women's test matches should be five days. Um, how possible do you think it is from an England perspective to win five out of those six white ball matches or are we completely at a loss now? Oh, I mean, I think it's, you know, I guess you never say never, but it's basically impossible, right? I mean, Australia haven't lost a white ball game in, in normal time since since 2021. So that's what been a year and a half where they have been like literally perfect. Um, apart from one super over they lost against uh, against India, you know, and in in that time they've won both World Cups and the Commonwealth Games. So for England to go and not just break that streak, but to dominate Australia, which is what they have to across the white ball series, it's it's short. Surely that's not going to happen. Which is a shame because it's it was such a good this was such a good test match. And as you say, five day tests absolutely vindicated. And it's tricky because I was in favour of this structure this way round, have the test first and then the white ball games. Because in the past you've seen, if you have the test in the middle, then the team who wins the first series can quite often just, the draw almost means they can't lose the series at that point or they have to really go against type to to lose it. And so you can see some sort of defensive habits creeping in. But with a five-day test, that doesn't really matter. You know, this was a flat pitch. You had two time for teams to make two big totals and you still got to result with plenty of time to spare. So... Look, I guess if England win this game, we're talking about this for this this way of structuring it being brilliant and setting up the series brilliantly. So maybe maybe there is a bit of hindsight in that. But also, if we're talking about you know uh, wanting to raise the profile of women's Test cricket and play more Test cricket, and we see here that women's Test cricket is something that can bring in crowds and just be something that creates really exciting games. You know, it's, it's a long it's a long way away, but I would love to see you know in ten years time maybe the Ashes going back just being like a, a, a three Test series maybe. Mm, there was actually a really good number of people in here this morning for what was going to be a really short amount of play um I think the only strong feelings I have about the way the format should be aligned is that the ODI series should be in the middle um obviously we're finishing with the ODIs this time around which just seems like a little bit of a weird way to finish it off so you should either build up formats or build down formats um but reflecting back on the the test match it was just a really really good test match um, I was thinking about it this morning and about day three when Tammy Beaumont was on five million, I was thinking this is a little bit dull now. It's just going to peter out into a draw. But I guess we should give both sides credit for attacking and making it into such a good game because it would have been such a shame if it had turned out into a draw like all the rest have been when it had been billed for five days. Um, it was gruelling though and Alyssa Healy was playing through some fractured fingers, which she knew about apparently from the warm up game last week. Um, she said the reason why she moved down the order yesterday was because she was struggling to grip the bat, actually. Um, although in typically her style, she said that she will be absolutely 100% playing in the White Ball series despite the fractured fingers. England have also got some injury concerns with Nat Brunt having a sore knee. Kate Cross dislocated her finger yesterday, which looking back at it was three overs before she took a wicket. So that's impressive in itself. Um, and Sophie Eccleston's bowled a ridiculous amount of overs. How do you think they'll look to play the T20 series coming up on Saturday? Um, do you think there'll be some wrestler rotation? Do you think we might see Izzy Wong back into the side? Uh, well, I think they'll just have to go. I mean, England have to go all out, don't they? They have to just play their best team, whatever that they decide that is for as long as possible until the series is gone. And then that's maybe when you look to bring in some fresh faces. I think back to the, you know, the last time the Ashes played in England in, in 2019, you had that Oh, was it England won the last game of that series having been in danger of being blanked and you had Maddie Villiers who came in 
and who made such an impact. And that can be something that towards the end of a series that, you know, you might want a bit of rejuvenation and just something to, you know, change the mood a little bit. But for now, they're just going to have to trust with what they got. But yeah, I, I mean, I personally, as, as brilliant as Phyla was, I'd be surprised if, if she ends up playing a significant part in those white ball series, just because there were, while she did bowl some, you know, some brilliant wicket-taking deliveries, either side of that, there were spells that you'd sort of pick out as being economical in the test match. But I think if they were in a white ball game, they end up going for, you know, tens more because, you know, there's a fair bit down the leg side. There's stuff outside off stump that in a test match you leave alone. In a white ball game, you can throw your hands at. Um, so, yeah, and so Izzy Wong then comes in maybe as that point of difference. Albeit, I guess maybe there's some questions over her form considering that she hasn't played in this game um, and she hasn't had the best time of it in in, in regional cricket as well. Um, I kind of think the, the last word, though, we should just give to just talking a bit more about Ash Gardner, basically. Just because she was she like she she was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I mean, today and in the test match overall. And when you think about the fact we talk about injuries, I don't know if you've actually if there's an update on Alana King who um, obviously didn't couldn't bowl last night. She after. was fit to bowl this morning, but then Ash Gardner got on her roll as she did and didn't end up bowling. But but when you think last night with Alana King injured, you're not sure what the status of her is and need someone to step up there. And that was that was uh, that was Gardner, and she, she's just an outstanding cricketer, right? Like she's player of the T20 World Cup this year, sort of the, a prize pick in the WPL, and now like a like a test that really, for, for as good as Beaumont was and as good as Eccleston was, this was this was Gardner's test, right? Uh, Ash Gard- Ash, Ash's Ashes, if you like. And uh, it's funny as well, because I think in ODIs, she's like, she's kind of the almost, like the, the ultimate luxury player. Like she's got a really good record. She always looks class. And she's kind of, she's almost that symbol of how far Australia are ahead. They can have a cricketer as good as her and yet just have her batting seven and kind of bowling full change a lot of the time. Whereas here, she was absolutely the main player for them. Uh, and the pitch wasn't doing loads as well. Like, it was doing enough, but she was just getting some to turn, some to turn quite sharply, some to go straight on. And England just, like, didn't have an answer, basically. She was so consistent, so skillful. Um, and, uh, and, and she's only 26 as well. She could be tormenting England for a decade longer. Uh, and yet, I guess, even if she does go on for 10 more years, she might not ever have a... Uh, a test quite as good as she had, she had, she had in this one. Mm, yeah, she's exceptional. Uh, just to finish off, we're going to do some predictions. So Ben, at what point do you think Australia are going to retain the Ashes? I mean, I, d- I don't want to be pessimistic, but I do think that, you know, Australia are favourites in every single white ball game they go into. So probably next Wednesday, the early pos- earliest possible time. I mean, in- England, like you'd have to say good results for England going into two white ball series against Australia. Like, like taking a game off Australia at any point is a good result. Um, and they're, like so even a 2-1 defeat would be a good result and that would you know that would already see England uh, having lost a chance to uh, regain the Ashes so, okay let, let's let's be positive let's say that Australia retain the Ashes next Wednesday but only win the series in the the second game of the ODI series maybe England England Manchester sneak a cup in the middle that's really clutching at straws um I'm going to be a little bit more positive and I'm going to say that England are going to win the first T20i in front of a packed house at Edgebaston on Saturday um, and they'll take the series into the ODI series. So that's my prediction. Um, that's it today for today and that's it from Trent Bridge. Uh, the daily podcasts will be back from Lords when the second men's test gets underway in two days' time. <laughs>
Social Podcast Network.